Welcome to Making Metric Easy, presented by Outlaw Technology. I'm Hans Dietrich. And I'm Bree. And each week we speak with companies in the trenches of the seed to sale process. So today we are very, very lucky to have Richard Sue here with us from Harbor House Collective in Chelsea, Massachusetts. Hey, Richard, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Hans. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And I just uh, wanted to have you on here because you've been a long-term client of Outlaws now. You're very familiar with the cannabis industry. You've been in cannabis. How long have you actually been in cannabis? I know Harbor House is fairly new, but how long have you been working in the industry? Harbor House is my first introduction to cannabis. Um, I've always just been kind of a hobbyist and aficionado from my own personal perspective. But Harbor House is our first foray into the regulated legal market. And how long have you all been open now? Well, the company was founded in May of 2018, and we have been cultivating since May of 2021. So we've been in operation just over two years now. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be able to tour your facility right when you'd gotten plants and started getting going. Very impressive, very modern. I was really impressed when you gave me that tour uh, a couple of years ago. And Thank you. I know we started talking because you were looking at a way to basically automate a lot of the tasks that your people have to do. And you were looking at how you could do that with the RFID tags that Metric already provides. Isn't that about sums it up how we met, right? Yeah, I think when we first started, we are a company that really values innovation and efficiencies. And automation obviously you know, really fits that bill. So when we first started on day one, we counted plants just like everyone else by hand on a piece of paper with a pad of paper. So it was not entirely what we felt was the most efficient coming from the industries that we came from. So our company is owned by the partially owned by the Londano family, and they come from a long history of cut flowers. So most of the roses that you see in our region are probably from their company. And because of that, they've seen efficiencies in, you know, commercial distribution and horticulture that we wanted to bring to cannabis. So on day one, we counted the plants just like everyone else. And by day two, I was making phone calls to you, Hans, because we felt that RFID, which was used heavily in the cut flower industry, was necessary uh, to find these efficiencies in cannabis. So day two, we started using RFID and we never looked back. It's been really, really efficient for us. I can only imagine, you know, the hours and the, and the amount of time and the amount of employees that really go into compliantly tracking our plants here. So RFID has been huge. Did you do any harvest before you were using our systems? Were you doing harvest by hand too? You know, measuring no. everything so, manually? After we got the demo from you and really realized the potential after we started with just the Desperado, um, we saw the potential. I, I remember we probably went through three or four demos just to really do our due diligence, but we felt good about it and we brought it in. And yeah, we saw just from our very first harvest and all of our harvests have been with Outlaw, but from our very first harvest, we could see just how quickly it was and just how much time it was saving us. I remember when your team first got hold of the handheld when I was up there and their eyes lit up when they went into one of the flower rooms and just started pulling the trigger and scanning all the plants. And it was like, it was Christmas day for him. I, I remember how his eyes just got so wide and he just kept playing with it and playing with it and playing with it. 
That was that, probably my second favorite day with the uh, with the Desperado. The my favorite day with the Desperado was when we realized our state regulators use very similar hardware. They, so they use we they, are accustomed to using the exact same hardware that the regulators come and you know really measure us on. So um, I think it was just good that we were we were ready for that. You've also had a lot of interaction with Bree. Bree, I know you've. Uh... You've been there for Richard and his team whenever they had questions or, or, or needed some refresher training on some of our systems. Bree, tell me what you think about Harbor House and working with Richard. I mean, we love them. I, I do. I think you do, too. Yeah. Sorry. Having having visited Massachusetts a couple of times, you know, we have the opportunities to uh, sort of, you know, try the product that we help you guys be more efficient at creating. You know, product's great. I know this most recent NECAN 2023, you guys took home a couple of awards for your strains. Isn't that right, Richard? Yes. Thank you so much for mentioning that. We did, in fact, win first place for our pre-roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, you know, very, very happy about that. It was the purple marmalade pre-roll. Um, and I believe we got, I think, third place in the vape cartridge with our Alberino vape cartridge, our live rosin vape cartridge. And then yeah. fourth place for the purple marmalade um, live hash rosin. So, yeah, this was the first year that we started to get some of the recognition that we really felt that our you know effort that we put into our product was indicative of. So. Yeah. Really Congratulations again. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you know what? Massachusetts is is not a immature market. You know, there's a lot of competition there. So glad to see you guys get that recognition. And, you know, part of us here at Outlaw, I think, you know, me, myself, I think it's we have a lot of pride in the fact that by giving you guys tools so that you can, you know, count more efficiently, harvest more efficiently, you guys are able to focus on what you really are passionate about, which is your product, your plants, processing, all of that. So, uh, Richard, can you kind of speak to what do you think kind of sets Harbor House's product, you know, above the rest in your market? What do you, what do you, what, what calls out to you the most? I'd say there's probably two major factors that really kind of, you know, draw my attention to our our qualities here and the first is definitely our our wide range of genetics so we've been blessed to have some great talented cultivation staff that have you know years of experience and ties to various genetics and we've been able to bring in flavors that our market doesn't necessarily see very often and also flavors that have disappeared off the menu like we recently just put out a sour diesel that i know that a lot of the older heads in Massachusetts would really love to see. Um, not necessarily with the exotics that the younger generations uh consuming nowadays, but we definitely like to just, you know, it, it's what we believe in. We put our efforts behind the strains that we like to see and that we believe in. And then on the other side of things, I would say that we're just close to our products. We care about our products. There's certainly a lot of, you know, larger companies, MSOs, what have you, that are making decisions in the boardroom and they're not necessarily, you know, rolling up their sleeves and, you know, really experiencing what this product is and, and how it gets there. And I say all of us here from top to bottom, CEO, all the way down to everyone else, they, you know, put in the effort and we all know how the product's made and we're very proud of the way that we make it. I have to say, I've, I've noticed that about Harbor House. You're all very involved. You know exactly what's going on on your, none of you are afraid to get your hands dirty and actually get in there and do the work to put out a premium product. Um, and I, you know, I hope, I know we're helping you guys stay efficient, but that's not the only thing, you know, on top of efficiencies and automation, you know, you've got great genetics, but anything else that you guys do specifically that's helping you stay competitive, 
you know, with all the shrinking margins that are we're currently seeing in the industry. With the shrinking margins and, you know, the increase in competition, I kind of go back to what we said was when we value innovation. So we actually have a, a number of engineering interns that we bring in here, give them kind of the walk around of what we do here. And we've been able to find, you know, small efficiencies here and there, whether that's 3D printing a little jig or, you know, really just taking a look at an operation and trying to figure out ways to have, you know, less touches, less movements. We're, we're really just trying to make everything more efficient. We recently brought in a automated pre-roll machine. Um, it's made by Apex. It was, I believe, which is distributed by HBI. And that one is possibly capable of putting out about a thousand uh, pre-rolls per hour. So wow. we're really getting there. Yeah. Um, we, I saw that at Nikan. It was going all day long and they, it was just cranking them out. It was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. So we dial it in. There's, there's specific settings for every string that we do on that. But that definitely is one of the efficiencies we're trying to do. In our kitchen, we decided to find our efficiencies by multiplying our throughput. So we're finding different pieces of hardware to really increase just how much product we're able to make with the exact amount of resources we have here. So it's really all about getting more efficient. And, you know, we put a lot of belief and we put a lot of effort behind our products. So at the end of the day, we're just hoping that that love for that product, the passion for the plant really comes through and, and shows itself in its branding. So we don't necessarily want to be flashy or, you know, make people want to buy our products because a celebrity endorsed or anything like that. It's really just because we, you know, talk a big game. We know what we're doing here and we want to put out something that's better than what we put out yesterday. Your, your location, you've got a dispensary right there as well. Do you have any plans to open additional dispensaries besides the one that's co-located with your cultivation and processing facility? So we just have the one co-located facility right now. We are in the process of adding a medical license to this facility as well. So that will be both medical and recreational. And yes, we are always exploring opportunities elsewhere. There's definitely other locations in Massachusetts that are underserved. So we're always on the lookout for a new location. Um, it's definitely been you know on our list of things to do. But without unwrapping too much there, we'll, we'll say just Keep an eye out on our email feed and our and our Instagram in case we ever do open our second location. Well, that that leads me to my next question, then, which I'm kind of afraid to ask now. Where do you see Arbor House going in the next five years? Continuing to expand outside of Massachusetts, or staying in Massachusetts, keeping sticking to craft growing premium products? I think our main goal is to just stay. Uh, our, our the growth of our company should stay organic. So. I'm not going to say we're going to force us into any other state unless it really feels like it really fits into the message of our brand. I can't say that whether or not we're going to have, you know, more stores or more cultivation, but we definitely want to find just more efficiencies, more opportunities to just showcase what we're doing. We definitely want to keep, you know, our solventless pro program strong and put out really good hash as we see that's really representative of what we're doing here. You know, you can't make good hash without great flour. And, you know, I think that's kind of just like our, our indicator of what we're doing here. If our hash is good, then, you know, our flour is good. And, you know, we want to continue to do that. And we're looking at new stores. We're looking at potentially doing more cultivation. We want to do the medical thing. So there's a lot that we're looking into. Nothing that specific I want to unwrap today, but there's a few <laughs> opportunities. What's your favorite product that you guys are growing there? 
we just put out a new season, if you will, of genetics. So as of right now, I'm, I mean, it's it's a tried and true strain, but I love our GMO right now. It's I think it's a pretty special cut and it's got the right amount of spiciness to earthiness. Mm-hmm. And then Al- Alberino has always been our favorite. It's been a crowd favorite here and it it does well. It's one of my favorite strains to bring to events and weddings and things like that. Always makes you the popular guy at the party, right? Yeah, something like that. Something <laughs> like that. You guys were pretty popular at the last event I saw you at. When was that? A uh, week before last, I guess, in, in Greenfield, Massachusetts at the Flower oh, Expo. Oh, the Flower Expo. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a great time there. So yeah, we had some new products to show off there. We were fortunate enough to bring the infused pre-roll that we're working on right now. We had one that was, I believe, kosher kush, and it was infused with solventless THCA. That's kind of where also where we see the market going is, you know, as people's tolerances go up, we're going to see more, you know, innovative product like that. Uh, I'm seeing more blunts on the market, more hash infusions, things like that. So, Richard, now that you've been using Outlaw Systems for a couple of years, I know you've experienced basically all aspects from how the equipment works, both the Desperado handheld for plant and package management, and also on the harvest side with the OG Harvest System. What's your experience been with our company, with tech support, with customer service, compared to and with, compared to what you've experienced throughout the industry with other companies? Well, I can say that your customer service is absolutely top notch. I mean, and, and this isn't just plugging Outlaw either. When I call anyone from Outlaw, it's Bree, it's Hans, it's Justin. It's it's really one of three people and they've never failed to solve anything that we're really trying to do, whether that's our integrations with our backend system with Dutchie. Anytime we've had a request for how things should look or if we wanted a report to look different, we just give a call to Justin and he's been able to put that in production within like 72 hours. So it's, it's pretty quick. And, you know, we're, there's still small requests that we make out of larger, uh, you know, parts of our tech stack that see very little response. I mean, there's things that I've requested a year and a half ago that we're still praying we'll see in some pieces of software, but I'm fairly certain if I call Justin today, we might see something in production by the end of the week. Kudos to your team, for sure. And shout out, Justin. And for those of you listening, Justin Peterson is our CTO here at Outlaw. But yeah, thanks for the call out, Richard. So Richard, you mentioned the audit tool. How frequently are you guys using it? How has it really helped you? Are you leveraging more so the plant, you know, tagging RFID audits or the package? What's been your experience with the device? Well, I've always had a very specific view of compliance because I do have a background in Swiss private banking. That's the industry that I was probably most involved in prior to cannabis. And it's very similar approach, to be honest with you, between track and trace and audit. And it's always just making sure you have a consistent finger on the pulse of what's going on with your inventory and your products. So with Outlaw, we loved it and we brought it in so early on because I went from kind of what's called a four-eyed approach to a two-eyed approach. Normally, you know, when we first started two years ago, people were writing down plant tags on a piece of paper, giving them to someone else, the, you know, the second set of eyes to look at and make sure there's no handwritten typos, that they wrote down the right numbers. It's a very, very brutally manual approach. So with Outlaw, with the RFID, we're able to audit a room, like a 35 light room and maybe 
two minutes, three minutes tops. Um, and because of that, we're able to run audits very, very consistently and uh, regularly. So we did at one point do them every single day. We probably do them every other day at this point. And what that does is that just gives us a window of maybe 24 to 48 hours of potential discrepancies to look at. And because we're doing this you know, every day or every other day, there's only ever zero to one discrepancy to look at. If we were to do this at the state mandated rate of once per month, you're going to have to look at 30 days of, of information to figure out what happened. So with this ease of use, we're able to just have a consistent 24 to 48 hour window of what's going on in our facility. It's been like so useful in that sense. Um, and from the banking perspective, we used to do our reconciliations every single day. And so in that sense, we never have more than a couple of items that could be potential issues. And so that approach really keeps us, you know, on top of our toes. We're always compliant and compliance really doesn't take that much effort um, from that perspective. Richard, you've been very helpful to us as well by providing feedback and coming out with suggestions for new features you'd like Justin to add. And as you're very well aware, we recently launched our dispensary system, which we call Maverick, and we're really excited to have you use that. I know in our talks, one of the biggest concerns you have going forward or one of the biggest pain points is the transfer manifest and checking everything as it's going out and coming in. I think you're also aware we're, we're going to be pushing that out in the next few months as well. So how do you see that helping you from, uh, you know, speed up the process and take care of the issues you're facing now? Well, we actually already kind of MacGyvered outlaw into helping our wholesale department. We do use the Desperado handheld package scanning uh, capabilities to build lists to build manifests. So it does currently act as a tool for our fulfillment team to make any of those lists and, and, and manifests and invoices. So I can only imagine that any further integration that you take with it would only further help us out. It's something that we do, you know, outlaws half automated there, and then we kind of bring it home on our side with our spreadsheets. But we're excited to see what else what else happens with it. All right. Well, Bree and I um, want to finish every episode by asking you, what are we going to ask him, Bree? What we want to know, Richard, is who is your favorite outlaw? And that can be outlaw singer, musician, actor. Who is it? Um, <laughs> I'm going to call back to, I, I'm a huge SpongeBob fan. So <laughs> I'm going to say that my favorite outlaw is named Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan. There we go. <laughs> well, Richard Sue from Harbor House Collective in Chelsea, Massachusetts. Thank you very much for being on our program. And for all of you listening. Thank you for having me. We, we'd like to have you again. I'm sure probably we'll check back with you in uh, six months or so. Uh, for all of you listeners out there, you can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or go to the Cannabis Radio app for iTunes and Google Play, or you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and be well.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.